the heck is going on, everybody? It's your guy, Snowbike Mike, back again with another Kind of Funny X-Cast. Your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. Of course, I am joined after a big week of console launches with my co-host, Gary Witta. Gary, we've been playing a lot of games. We've been doing a lot of unboxings. How are you feeling? It's been a big week. What a week. Um, I found out yesterday, somebody told me, I, I presume this is correct, this is actually the... The closest proximity that two major consoles have ever launched next to one another within 48 hours. You know, we had the Xbox uh, Series S and X on the Tuesday and then the PlayStation 5 coming right up behind it on the Thursday. So it's been a busy week. You and I obviously uh, dove in on both. We got the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox um, uh, Series X. And uh, it's just an amazing I just, you know, I'm just filled with 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 positive vibes about the next gen. I feel like I'm loving both of these systems. I think the next gen... Uh, is off to a great start. Very excited about the future. Yeah, really awesome week, Gary. It's hard to believe that both these consoles launched within 48-hour window, like you said, and the joy, the fun that you saw, not only within your household, with, with your family in particular, and of course with myself just having fun unboxing, but all of social media, all of our friends. We are gamers here at Kind of Funny. It doesn't matter if we're doing PS I Love You XOXO or the Kind of Funny X cast or the Games cast. Everybody loves games here at Kind of Funny Games, and it's a big deal. It's a big week, and it's a new console generation for everybody. So a lot of fun, and the coolest part is seeing everybody do those unboxings, share that joy on social media. And I got to say, the buzz is happening right now, and I absolutely love it. Gary, I know you have a brand-new controller in your hands that you want to buzz about, so why don't you tell me what you got over there and share I, with I, I got a little carried away with the with the next-gen launch excitement, Mike. I, I basically kind of splurged on everything I could get my hands on. I got the Series X. I got the PlayStation 5. I got, like, all the little chargey gadgets and an extra controllers and stuff like that. I got the expansion card, the one-terabyte expansion card for the Series. I kind of, like, splurged. These, you know, these things only, you know, come around. These next-gen moments only come around, like, once every five, six, seven years. Plus, 2020 has been a shit show. Like, I think we all deserve a little a little self-care, a little retail therapy. For, you know, those of us who are fortunate enough to be able to splash the cash a little bit at this time of year, uh, I'm, ver I'm very uh, uh, grateful to, you know, that I've uh, been able to do that. And I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I got the... Um, the white controller. So there's three of us in the house that basically play the games, right? It's me, my wife, and my daughter. So I got two extra controllers in each one, in one in each color. So I'm going to go with the basic, uh, boring black, just standard, you know, back in black for me. Uh, the white one, which I don't have in front of me, but I know you do because it's basically just the Series S controller. Yep. And then this, to me, is the real uh, star of the show, the shock blue mic. Yeah, look that at that beauty. Electric game. You look, look at that beauty on the screen. It is. Red hot, Gary. and then it's almost like Sonic the Hedgehog color styling. Look at this—you got the white, you got the white on the back side, the blue on the front, uh, with the black D-pad, the blue joysticks, uh, uh, thumbsticks, and then the only thing I'm not a big fan of, to be honest, but I know they went through, I went, they went like all out with the aesthetic. Is the buttons don't have the colors; they have the little colored mm. dots as indicators uh, yeah, instead. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate the indicators uh, definitely. This is. Do you think they, is, is it really the same as having the colors though on the buttons themselves? No, no, Do you it's, think it's not the same? But it, it's no. It, they definitely wanted to go all out with that blue, so I, I appreciate yeah. them trying to make that like a little uh, uh, halfway and point. And it's nothing new. I mean, if you've had if you have the elite controller, you know that they grayed out the buttons. I I had like an old battle. I had a weird Battlefield um, uh, Xbox One uh, S that was kind of in khaki military green and the controller was in that same style that didn't have the colored buttons. I, I appreciate the colors as a reference point, but also I've been playing Xbox games long enough now that 
I know where Y is. I know where X is. I don't need to, re to remember the color. But for people who are just starting out, it's useful to have, it just creates like a useful, oh, you might not remember Y, but you'll remember, oh, yellow. Yeah, that's the one up top. Like you'll just remember the, the it's just a nice way for your brain to kind of remember where the, where the colors are. But all in all, um, I'm loving the shark blue. Very excited. Again, we're just at the beginning, Mike. You know there's going to be all kinds of wacky colors. I fully expect Xbox Design Lab. You know, they took that down. They took the Xbox Design Lab off offline right before the Series X uh, came out. I fully expect that to be back up and running soon, and we'll be designing our own Series X and S controllers and getting no wacky doubt. with those color schemes. I can't wait. Well, that's a perfect one. Why don't we go around the horn really quick before we start the show? Baird, I'll kick it to you. What's the dream color for any of your controllers? What would you? What would the main Ooh, color be? Dream. Oh, Mike, I was not prepared for this question, but let me think. Let me think. <laughs> I mean, I do miss. I mean, like, I haven't parted with it yet, but I do love my PS4 Pro Spider-Man edition. And I do really Ooh, like yeah, that. that's a hot one. The, the, the red controller with the white thumbsticks. I thought that was really clean. I liked that a yeah. lot. So it's like, as far as existing controllers, I think that was my favorite setup. As, as far as, like, honestly, I don't know how you would do it to not make it look, like, really weird or too Xbox-like. But I would love some kind of, like... Uh, Legend of Zelda type of uh, uh, con uh, color scheme with a with a dual sense, but I don't, I don't know how you would pull that off. Color scheme B. What? So like a green because of Link, and then like a yellow uh, is usually represented yeah, yeah, yeah. by uh, Triforce. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like. Maybe you could do something cool with like the, I, I think the. Um, I was thinking more like red, silver, and blue for the shield, you mm, know? Mm, oh, like okay. That. I like okay, that. Okay, okay. Yeah, I like that. I like the green as well. Green. If you want to go full, you know, Xbox lean green machine, then that's that's the way to go. My favorite controller that I ever had from the Xbox generation back in the 360 days, they made a pink one, which I actually thought was really cool. That was my pink controller. That was my go-to controller. Um, if they release a pink Series X controller, I'll dive in. If not, I, maybe they'll let me design one for myself in the lab. We'll see. Either way, I've got to, got to, get, got to get back to pink this, this generation. Pink for Gary, I like that. For I'm very because because I'm very confident in my masculinity. I'm very secure in my masculinity, which allows me to have a pink controller. Yeah, nobody's ever questioned that. I know that, man. I, ain't nobody questioning your masculinity, Gary. You know that. Uh, what about you, me, Mike? Uh, you know, it's interesting, Gary. I am a big blue guy. I would love to go with Xbox Green, but I'm gonna go wild right now. I want to go just like with my Nintendo Switch. That nuclear yellow. I'm gonna call it Shock Yellow. I like the yellow. I like being bright. I like it in your face. So I'd go with a bright yellow controller for me. I like that. I think I, I could go yellow, but it would be more of like an Easter egg pastel yellow. Mm. More of a, mm -hmm. you want just like like full hundred percent yellow. In your face, yellow is right. Gary. I like popping yellow, off. Yellow is my favorite color, so I could I could go in that direction for sure. Hey, we're learning more about Gary Witta every single week. Taking you know the deep that. dive. I like that. Well. Of course, let me know down in the comment section below. Let us know what your dream controller color would be. I just want to know the prime color. Tell me what you'd be holding out there. But of course, let's jump into some quick housekeeping news. This is the Kind of Funny X-Cast. Each and every week, we post our podcast live on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and on podcast services around the globe. Saturday, 6 a.m. West Coast, best coast time. So make sure to start off your weekend with me, Gary Barrett, and the kind of funny crew. Of course, some more housekeeping news. Please like, share, subscribe. Share this out to all your friends. Make sure to hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel on Kind of Funny Games. And of course, go check out all the incredible content over with Kind of Funny. They're putting out all of the best content, whether it be Kind of Funny Prime or Kind of Funny Games. Go out there, find something new, check it out, and have some fun 
with team kind of funny. Enough of all that. Let's jump in. It's been a huge week. So let's jump into the dashboard with all the news and happenings around launch week. Me and Gary, of course, thank you to Team Xbox, provided us with an Xbox Series X for review. So we've been able to play these consoles a little bit before the general public, but now it is officially launched around the globe. Many of our best friends are finally diving in to the Xbox Series X and having a whole lot of fun, but some aren't really having that kind of fun. A couple of Xboxes look like they're taking fatty vape rips. Gary, what the <laughs> heck is going on over there? Is your is your Xbox high as can be putting out high graphics? What's happening? Well, I mean, there is a there is often a lot of that around the house. So uh, you know, who knows? You know, come it's, it's Friday, it's Friday, and you know, it is you're, almost you're it around. Maybe it goes to your Xbox. You never know. You maybe, never know. Maybe maybe it does. No, but I mean, this is obviously very silly. I think again, this is this is the one part of of, of the whole next gen thing that I I don't like is a lot of the console warriors, the tribalists. Uh, the people that are like, you know, it's got to be one or the other and PlayStation superior, Xbox superior, just play what you like. You know, this, like, I will never tell you what I think the better console is. I'll just tell you which one I personally prefer. And I think this year it's going to be very close. I'm very, very impressed with the PlayStation 5. Uh, and I'm loving, loving having spent some more time with it, uh, the Series X. But someone out there, I guess, thought it would be funny to fake a video <laughs> of the Xbox overheating with smoke coming out of the top. And it was very, very quickly diagnosed as someone blowing vape smoke into the into their Xbox Series X to make smoke. Come on. And, and, every, and every time this happens, you notice that the Xbox social account manages to turn it into a positive. They did a funny tweet about it and, and, and made a joke out of it. The one that I was, I, I was disappointed to see, Mike, was there was another fake video going around that, that, that seemed to show that you could levitate a ping pong ball oh. off the top of the Xbox vent. With the with the draft that's coming out, because you know I put I, and I believed it because I put my hand above that vent when it's running. There is kind of like a cooling. I'm surprised I haven't seen like a like a meme of like a giant Xbox Series X with like you know seven year rich Marilyn Monroe standing over the vent with her skirts blowing up or something because there is a very kind of pleasing kind of waft that comes out of the top there that kind of that warm it's kind of it's kind of like a coolish warm air that comes out of the top and I like it. Um, a lot, but yeah, look, all, again, all the tribalists, all the platform warriors, uh, all the diehards like to come out to play this time of year. I've had them in my chat. I did a Series X uh, demonstration stream the other night. I had some PS, uh, some PlayStation fanboys in there, com you know, complaining about um, how they thought the PlayStation was superior. Like, go, go take that somewhere else. We're playing Xbox games right now. I don't get it, Mike. What do you? What's your take on all this? It's a weird one, Gary. I think every console generation we see something crazy, right? I saw online somebody throw their PlayStation 5 into a full bathtub of water, right? And people go wild over that stuff. That's how you get that clout, as the young kids say, so you get on clicks. the Instagram and Twitter. And, of course, I think to myself, Gary, I can bring back another fun story. Back in the day, I remember waiting for the Xbox 360, and me and my mom were outside of Circuit City, and it was our turn to go in. And across the street was a Target and a Best Buy, and a gentleman rolled up in his car with his friend, and pulled up in front of the Circuit City in front of us, holding his 360 out the window and said, F you, and threw the 360 right onto the pavement and smashed into a thousand pieces and drove off laughing in front of all of us. And I was stunned. I couldn't believe that somebody had the gall to do that. 
after we waited 24 hours out in the freezing yeah, cold. Yeah, you'll, you'll always and- see these, uh, these assholes. I, re- I remember, I remember, Mike, um, there was a thing where when, like, one of the big Harry Potter movies came out and people were driving by and, like, shouting out spoilers, like, this character, such and such a character dies or whatever. It's just assholes, Mike. There's assholes in every walk, walk of life. And anytime people get excited about, like, a pop culture event, like a major movie or a big console release, there are going to be people out there who the only way they can find joy in their life because they're so fucking miserable is to, is to take that joy away from someone else like it's a zero-sum game for them emotionally and it's just like it's just it's just sad i honestly kind of pity those people it's just, and, and then you've got the, the, don't even get me started on the scalpers posting pictures of like st- fat stacks of playstations and xboxes that they're flipping for like double and triple the price come on yeah you save that because we're going to talk about that in a little okay. bit because that's ridiculous okay. you know that i saved that for you because i knew i was going to get a good gary witter <laughs> rant and guess what listeners you will in just a little bit but i do want to shout out Friend of the show, Emron the Don Khan, put out a great article up right now on inverse.com. You can go check it out on his social medias where he actually did some deep dive digging into what's real and not real with the smoke and the whole vape pen scenario with these Xboxes. So I highly encourage you to go check it out. Emron Khan, friend of the show, pretty incredible. And of course, we have seen some real issues though, right? We've seen some of our Xbox best friends out there reporting that their disk drives are not accepting disks or not currently working. And also some are reporting that their games are being shut down in the middle of gameplay sporadically. Of course, you know, me and Gary have not experienced that, so I can't speak to it. But the best way, of course, is to go out there, reach out to Xbox support. That team is on it, right? We've seen this before with the Red Ring of Death. Their goal now in this new generation, in this new world is get right in front of it, make sure to be transparent and talk it out with you. So I hope Everybody's having a good console launch, whether you're on the Xbox or the PlayStation. Me and Gary, Barrett, and the whole kind of funny team hope that you're having a good experience. And if you are prob- having problems, it gets solved right away. I haven't had an issue. It's funny. Someone uh, in my stream yesterday asked me if I had an issue with, with the disk drive. It's the first I had, I had heard about it. it somebody, oh, some, some people are reporting issues with the disk drives. I honestly wouldn't know. And it's entirely possible, as I've said before, I, w- I wish Microsoft had made, and I hope that they will make, a discless version of the Series X. It's a little cheaper, similar to the PlayStation 5 digital uh, edition, because it's entirely po- it's entirely possible, Mike, that my Xbox Series X may have a defective disk drive, and I would just never know, because I'm never going to put a disk in the thing. Like it's, yeah. it, it's very unlikely I'm ever going to put a disk in this thing for any reason, because all of my movies, all of my game content, I just choose to um, uh, consume digitally these days. Now, obviously... That's not the case for everyone. And if there are, you know, disc issues out there, then Microsoft will have to sort that out. Uh, we, you know, we, and, and let's not forget, we're also seeing similar issues. We were just talking about this before the show, Mike, uh, with Barrett about some PlayStation 5s bricking uh, for, for no good reason. The issues with rest mode and people having to rebuild their, their disc drives. We've seen uh, Jeff Gersman and other people talking about some issues they've been having. So again, you always see these teething troubles, right? And you never know until you put millions and millions and millions of consoles into the retail channel to figure out like just how many of them might actually be defective. There's always going to be a small number. Yes. We all remember the red ring of death, um, which was, that was a, that was a statistically significant number of consoles that do you ever have a red ring of death, Mike? Did you ever, did you have experience? I did have the red ring of death. I did Gary. I have experienced that. And thankfully I had incredible mom and dad who got right on it, worked with Xbox support (laughs) and shipped that thing off. In a matter of no time, we got a new one back, thankfully, but I experienced the red ring of death. What was the thing? Do you remember back in the day there were people like wrapping their Xbox 360s <laughs> up in a towel trying to get it to Red Ring so they could send it back? 
what some people get up to i'll never understand it but i i I see that there was a whole thing of wrapping your xbox up in a towel to get it to overheat just madness weird stuff right there what are some people up to um so yeah i i again like it's it's i i don't know how many my wife's been playing uh assassin's creed valhalla quite a lot and that's obviously that's a game that is pushing the series x right because it's 4k uh 60 frames a second uh so far our experience with it has been flawless it's run it's running you know beautifully no hiccups or crashes or anything and the xbox is super quiet it's I, I, you know oh. I, I, the, it, it never gets anything more than warm um and again and, and that and that's a game you know running the series x under load so right now you know knock on wood i haven't had a uh, an issue yet with I, i've got look fortunately i've got two of them here one that microsoft uh, provided and a second one that i uh, bought myself from the microsoft store uh, no problems yet. Fingers crossed that that continues to be the case, and we'll have a nice, um, uh, you know, relatively trouble-free launch on both platforms. I, I'm, you know, I, I'm not. Uh, again, I'm not. I'm not going to gloat if someone's PlayStation Five bricks or anything. I want everyone to be playing games and having a good time. That's the right attitude, Gary. We hope everybody's launch is smooth and easy right now. Before I jump into this next story, I do want to take a quick moment and say, "Dang, that fan is super quiet." Is right, Gary. I am so impressed. After a couple of weeks of gameplay, that thing is quiet as can be. So shout out to the awesome design. But story number two, it's the Xbox Series X and S launch week. We're celebrating an incredible launch. So this coming from the Xbox Wire, the biggest launch in Xbox history, all thanks to you. This is by Liz Hamron, CVP Gaming Experiences and Platforms. She writes, thanks to you, the launch of Xbox Series X and S is now the most successful debut in our history. We, while we will miss the emotional spark of being together with you in person, it was incredible to celebrate a new generation of gaming with the millions on our celebration live stream and everyone who participated in our global launch across 40 countries. Your support and what you accomplished in the first 24 hours of launch inspire us and demonstrate the con- connective power of play is more important than ever. Here's a couple of fun ones for you. More new consoles sold than any prior generation with Xbox Series S adding the highest percentage of new players for any Xbox console at launch. More games played, 3,594 in total, spanning four generations, setting a record for the most games ever played during an Xbox console launch. Next gen means more ways to discover and play. 70% of Series X and S consoles are attached to new and existing Xbox Game Pass members. Gary, it's been a huge launch over here with Team Xbox, and I think that final one really hits it right there for me. 70% of Series X and S consoles are attached to new and existing Xbox Game Pass members. You, me, Alana, Barrett, the whole kind of funny team have been preaching Game Pass and it's really incredible to see that number so high heading into this next generation. How have you been feeling about it? It's very high, but I, I, I'm almost I'm almost looking at it the other way, thinking like, what's wrong with the other thirty percent? Like, what what are they not getting here? It's like it's such a great value. Um, it comes with what I, the, the, every Xbox, and even like, even when you buy a controller, it comes with like a two week Game Pass code it, just with the controller. So there's plenty. There's no excuse. You know, not to dive in and and check it out. Now they've thrown Disney Plus in there as well. There's all this amazing value uh, that's happening right now. It's it's definitely their killer app. I you know I've said before I think that the PlayStation Trump card could be the DualSense controller, but Xbox's uh, Trump card is definitely 
uh, Game Pass. I just cannot get enough of it, especially Ultimate as a PC gamer as well. I, I just fired up my Xbox app, and I've noticed that I can play Tetris Effect Connected on my PC as well. Like, it's just the gift that keeps on giving. I love it, love it, love it. Um, and I'm just really, really glad for Phil, uh, Spencer, and everyone. At X. I, I know a bunch of the people over there. They're all really nice people. They've worked so hard on this. And it's just very pleasing as an Xbox fan to see them have a nice, smooth launch that has been surrounded by nothing but positive vibes. Because, again, as you know, we've talked a bit many times, the last generation, the launch of the last X generation, the Xbox One reveal and the launch was a catastrophe. It did not go well at all. And they lost a lot of ground to Sony. They pulled it back kind of in the second half of that generation, but it really hurt them. And they're still trying to make that ground up now. I think they will now that they have this new hardware and Game Pass and everything else they're doing, um, you know, xCloud. You know, we talked about you know, all the different ways they're going to get um, Xbox, you know, get you into the Xbox ecosystem without you ever necessarily even needing to own, you know, very much, if any, hardware. So they've got a really, really great uh, philosophy going forward. I think the future is bright for Xbox uh, for sure. But in, historically, as someone who's been around long enough to remember all of this kind of stuff, I think it's really interesting when you when you look at how far they've come. There, there, there were some dark days in the, f the first couple of years of the Xbox launch when they were saddled with the boondoggle that is Connect. Alana's not here anymore to tell me how much she loves it, so I can complain. I can complain about Xbox all I like. Um, you know, and that that famous uh, you know misfire event when they talked about Halo TV series and Steven Spielberg and basically oh, yeah. everything, and, and, and the game sharing thing, and you know the Adam Boys memes that came out of it. They struggled for a while there. They were really in the hole. Um, and uh, to see them now being able to to kind of reset that narrative with new hardware, new approach, new leadership. It's uh, I, I think it's it, they've, they've turned the corner. Um, at xbox and i'm uh, again as a, as a fan who wants to see all of these companies succeed like i it wouldn't be fun if one of these if any one of these players went away you kind of need the competition right to hold your feet to the fire like xbox is trying as hard as they can because sony's across the street doing everything they can to get ahead and that competition is what's going to make everyone do their best work and ultimately i think you know it's it's us the gamers uh, who win. So healthy Xbox is good for PlayStation gamers. Healthy PlayStation is good for Xbox gamers. So I'm, I'm just glad to see both of these consoles uh, come out of the gate, um, you know, at 100 miles an hour, it seems like. Yeah, it's really cool, Gary, to be an Xbox fan and feel that kind of energy and that hype and the positivity surrounding this launch, right? You brought it up very well in 2013 with the Xbox One. That was a different kind of vibe after that E3 reveal and heading into the launch. Everybody was really down on that, doubting that. And the true Xbox diehards, of course, were there. But that middle of the ground wasn't really stepping over to that side to support Xbox like they did in the 360 days. And now to see the ecosystem and the message and the vision that they've been preaching throughout the end of this generation into this new generation coming to fruition is so incredible. And it's awesome to experience. You and I have played Project X Cloud. I believe in the cloud gaming. I love that idea. We've seen smart delivery work on the new generations. We've seen it work where you can play your PC games, your Xbox games, share that cloud save, bumping back and forth. I really am enjoying the vibe, and I love to see everybody smiling and celebrating this launch. And it looks like it really went well, especially with COVID-19 taking a huge precedence against the world with manufacturing to shipping. We got to give a big shout out to the FedEx, the UPS drivers, the U.S. Postal Service, anybody involved that got your console to your front door. Thank you all so much because you guys worked tirelessly to make that happen. And to see those people celebrated in the streets where people are holding up their consoles, cheering them on, that was a huge one for me. So I'm so happy we were able to get this smoothly. 
you know what, Mike? Two two points that I want to um, uh, follow up with you on there. Uh, first of all, uh, just gonna uh, go do the second one first. Um, yes, absolutely. Let's just take a moment to, um, uh, and we've been doing this, of course, for the last week or so, and rightly so. But let's, let's do it again now to kind of just extend our gratitude. Uh, to all of the postal workers and FedEx employees and UPS and everyone out there who's worked so hard to get us our consoles uh, on launch day. Uh, especially, a, a special thanks to everyone who's had to deliver a PS5 because, my goodness, that is a big, heavy box to have to deliver. That's a two-man lift if ever I've seen one. It's a big, <laughs> heavy box, like 10-point-something pounds. It's a lot. Um, great console, just a big, heavy box. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be working at FedEx on uh, on launch day when I've got to ship hundreds of those around. You know, roll them up to someone's uh, front door or whatever. Um, so again, thank thank you to all the kind of the, the heroes behind the scenes who have who have you know, been a part of you know that that supply chain and, and and getting them to our front door since we couldn't go to the to the to the sh- to the shops. For the most part, I know many people did. You know, many people went to their Best Buys or their GameStops, but nothing like as many as we saw. And, and so that leads me to my other point is I feel like that's the only thing that we missed out on this year is those scenes, right? We love to see those scenes every year, the lines around the block, the big, the big, big launch events. So it was almost like a big like Coachella type music festival that, you know, when everyone kind of crams in and they have celebrities and they, they, always, they always have like one big central event that's like the media hub for the launch. But then there's like pictures from all over the country, you know, people like posting on their Twitter feed, you know, here's, here's the line outside my GameStop in like Lexington, Kentucky or wherever. And you just get this sense of like collective excitement because everyone's out on the street lining up, waiting out, you know, camping out overnight, the excitement of the midnight launch. That's the, that's the only piece that was kind of missing this year in terms of the excitement, but of course we all understand why. And thank goodness people didn't do that in greater numbers because it would not have been, you know, safe from a public health standpoint to do so. That's, that's the only small bummer, but it, it's amazing to me, Mike, maybe even, maybe it's even you know, greater credit to um, the positive vibes surrounding the launch of both of these consoles that I feel like, the, the excitement doesn't feel lessened, even though we didn't see those scenes. Those they, we didn't have those images or those videos on social media and those like big, you know, kind of overnight launch events or whatever. But the excitement was still there, even even in the absence of of, of those kind of scenes. Yeah, definitely, Gary. It's been really cool the excitement and seeing it in our communities and seeing it on social media. And I think of all the fun stuff, right? The Xbox marketing team and the whole team Xbox coming together to create that awesome launch live stream that went on. Throughout the whole day, they brought on different team members. They showed off different games. They engaged with the community. And that was one you and I talked about, Gary, right? You have the family down there where everybody can kind of celebrate and enjoy opening up those boxes. As opposed to me, where I'm up here alone, right? And I looked around and I go, man, I don't get to be in that midnight launch line where everybody's feeling the energy. But this team came together. They worked through all of the COVID-19 protocols and made sure it was safe and healthy environment. And they put on one heck of a show. And they also brought a lot of hype beforehand. I don't know if you got to see Gary, but they put up the giant Xbox monolith out there in Toronto and out there in the gorge in Washington State. And they had the live streams of just this giant Xbox out on the water, having different scenes put up on it. There was kayakers going by it. And you could, I get goosebumps right now just thinking about the fun and the excitement I had watching that and sharing those moments during the launch events i didn't i you know i missed i'm literally googling it right now <laughs> because i want to see what i missed out and i didn't i didn't uh i didn't see that i'm, I'm just googling giant xbox monolith to see what comes uh comes up I'll yeah find no, something. make sure That's to google cool, that up here's another cool one as well for everybody to celebrate of course they brought back the rock Dwayne the rock johnson came back with another launch with team xbox and the coolest one was he partnered with gamers outreach we know about gamers outreach helping out those kids and people in hospitals 
with these awesome gaming carts and the rock partnered with Xbox and gamers outreach to go out there and give back to the children's hospitals around. And I thought that was a really special one. Another one where you look on social media and it's another boost to your energy here in 2020, where we've had a bad one. We've been hit a couple of times with some really sucky situations and to see situations like that come out and be in a positive light are so much fun. I absolutely love seeing that one as well. Yeah, it's it's. And by the way, I just I just found the picture. I, I saw one of them at least. It's like a giant Xbox floating out in the middle of Lake Ontario. <laughs> what is going on? The marketing the marketing people kind of went nuts on that one. No, like, I'm I'm just like I'm, I'm full of positive energy right now. I'm really really excited about about everything. Again, here's the thing. I I'm a P, I, I'm first and foremost a PC gamer. I was editor in chief of PC Gamer magazine for many years. Um, and there's many. You know, I, again, I don't want to get into the whole argument, but yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of benefits to. Uh, PC like PC games go oh well you know your 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 next gen console like, I've had I've basically had something more powerful than that for the past year or whatever because you know I have a two thousand dollar system with a six hundred dollar GPU in it yeah okay we get that I think the one thing that PC gamers miss out on and the closest thing that really comes to it is when a new generation of video cards comes around but it's not the same is that you know PC gaming gets better all the time but it happens on kind of an incremental basis like slightly better processors uh, you know uh, faster SSDs like it happens kind of like a piecemeal and you see kind of a gradual evolution of PC gaming getting better all the time but on the console side we get to enjoy these like these these transformative moments every five six years where you know you all at once you usher in kind of the dawn of a new era a new generation and it's and that and that kind of excitement is something that you don't really find anywhere else in gaming and I'm and I'm I'm uh, I'm grateful for it especially Especially this week, we, we, it's just this embarrassment of riches, right? Like we said, two big launches, 48 hours apart, so much to get excited about on, on both sides. I've, I've had so much fun uh, just tooling around with Astro's Playroom and the, just the PlayStation 5 interface and some of the other stuff that's happening over there. I've got Miles Morales ready to go. And on the Xbox side, just loving, you know, loving so much of the experience. The super, everyone comments um on the load time even barrett um he was oh. talking about the playstation 5 but it's the same thing barrett seriously ch chime in here those load oh things, my God. You, you, like, you heard us talking about it. it's no joke right those load times are literally a game changer so uh last night i was streaming i played a little bit of astro's playroom and a little bit of miles and uh with spider like how spider-man 2018 worked it was like i felt like it was pretty fluid um at least like when you're actually in the game like yeah loading up was definitely it took a little bit but uh so like the moment of like load times didn't really hit me until i opened up valhalla which is like the most recent game like i've been playing it uh my first 45 hours i've played it have been on ps4 pro uh where like loading into the game takes like you, you uh, press your save and then you're standing around in that like weird animus area for like a good minute or two. Um, yeah, and it's, a, and it's for, a long and it's a long minute, it's, right? It, you know, it's, it's like it's it long. long. And like to boot up, like to upgrade, do my free upgrade uh, to the PS5 version for Valhalla, and to like boot it up and like immediately see in the animus, like weird animus loading area that it is 60 frames. I was like, holy shit! Like that, what a crazy improvement that I was not. Uh, like, I, I think we knew that, but it was still like a holy crap, like this is so much better already performance wise. And then to load up in like five seconds and it was just like, holy shit. And then to fast travel and then also just load up in five seconds. And it was like, that was the like third eye opening mind blown moment where I was like, oh my God, this is what next gen is. This is really Wait until cool. you see Quick Resume on the Series X. Say, you'll blow your mind. I'm not getting my the Series Ancho X, unfortunately. <laughs> so, uh, we'll Barrett, see. the producer, he's going to get one. Don't worry, nah. best friends out there. He'll get one. But yeah, Sancho West showing off the Quick Resume, jumping from 
his Fortnite game, as many of you know, a best friend of ours, a big time uh, esports caster. He's playing Fortnite and he looks at his chat and goes, well, let's jump back to Assassin's Creed. And to jump back in, click on it, it took him 10 whole seconds to click on quick resume, jump right back into gameplay Assassin's Creed Valhalla. The next generation is so dope all around. Here's a fun one for both of you as well. Of course, Phil Spencer celebrating the big launch. He tweeted out, thank you for supporting the largest launch in Xbox history. In 24 hours, more new consoles sold in more countries than ever before. We're working with retailers to resupply as quickly as possible. You continue to show us the connective power of play is more important than ever. Daniel Ahmad uh, retweeted that with a quote tweet and said, the previous largest launch for the Xbox brand was the Xbox One, which sold over 1 million units in 24 hours across 13 launch markets. We can infer that the Series X and S is over 1 million for this, although not too surprising, giving it launched in 37 markets. Hopefully, Microsoft will show some hard data, which we know Phil and the team are not really big on sharing that kind of data. They want to really push gamers and players, right? They want to look at who's playing, how many more people can they get playing in the ecosystem as opposed to hardware units being sold. But I thought the coolest one was, man, I didn't know that the Xbox One was the best launch for the Xbox One, especially for what Gary said in 2013, that messaging that, hey, we're not really into this idea of the connect and how you share games. That's pretty impressive to see. And then, of course, the launch markets, 37 launch markets here for this new generation. Really special to share this moment with so many around the globe on the same day. That's really awesome. It's really interesting, Mike, to, to, to bring that up. And you're right, you're right to refer it back to what we were talking about earlier because it, it demonstrates that whatever kind of the prevailing media narrative or the impression or the impression might be isn't necessarily what the reality, you know, backed up by the numbers is. Like we talked about how Xbox One had a really rough launch. And in many ways it did. The narrative was not good, right? People didn't like Connect. The game sharing thing was an embarrassment that they had to backpedal on. And it took them a while to kind of, you know, um, uh, get back from that. But it wasn't like it was a flop on day one in terms of sales. Like you said, it sold a lot. They, people still really wanted an Xbox One. It was, but it was the narrative of them, the Connect and the game sharing thing didn't help them. And just the fact that PlayStation 4 did way better. Like, you know, I think that um, if you, again, I don't know exactly what the numbers are, but I think I'm right in saying that if you look at the last generation, PlayStation 4 was the clear winner in terms of sales. Um, I think this I think this generation, it's going to be uh, much closer. But Xbox One, all, 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 all said and done, seems like it did fine sales-wise. I mean, Xbox is still, it's still going strong. I think it's going to be stronger than ever. Yeah, it, it was just because PS, PS4 was a monolith. And so like it was, to it was unfair to like almost uh, compare uh, the two because yeah, Xbox One was doing solid for, for most of the and, generation. And listen, and, and, and in the previous generation, it was the reverse, right? Everyone loved the Xbox 360. The Xbox 360 was like all good vibes. Uh, everyone loved it from launch. And then at the same time, you had PlayStation 3, Ridge Racer, 599 US dollars, and all the memes that we still think about today, that PlayStation 3 had a catastrophic launch, and Xbox 360 made up a lot of ground. So every generation, it kind of feels like the narrative and the dynamic of that of that horse race is, is somewhat different. Um, this year, again, it, to me, it feels much more like it's going to be a neck and neck type thing. I, again, I, and I think that's going to be good for everyone. It's, I think it's good to not have one... Uh, clear winner. I think close competition is is the best kind of competition, um, and I'm hoping that that turns out to be the case. Because whether you choose Series X or S or PlayStation Five, you're not going to be unhappy with your choice. There's a there's a lot to love about both. I think. Yeah, it's really cool. And the best part is, it's the ecosystem, right? We've been talking about it 
getting players into the Xbox ecosystem, whether it be on Project X Cloud via your Android mobile device, or whether it be on PC or the family of consoles, it's really cool to say, hey, you know, you can join us any way you want. You don't have to go out there and splurge on a brand new console day one if you're not ready for that. You can join the ecosystem and be part of that or have it with your PlayStation and your PC gaming, your Switch Nintendo. It's really cool to see this new mindset and approach coming from Team Xbox. And I hope it really will pay off for them. And I believe with everything I've experienced and seen from my friends that it will pay off for them. And it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Here's an interesting one narrative wise for us to talk about, Gary. And I know I'm going to get a good Gary Witta rant right now. Of course, we've talked about 2020 as the year. We've talked about the pandemic of COVID-19 really constricting these supply chains and manufacturing to shipping and all that in between. And it was a wild time to grab those pre-orders. You, me, and Alana and Bear talked about it a couple of weeks back of how wild it is to get these pre-orders on these big consoles and really big ticket items that you want in your life. And sure as can be, we got a whole lot of reselling going on there, Garrett Widow. We saw the picture today of a gentleman who probably has about 30 PlayStation 5s in his basement that's trying to sell them for a $1,000 plus. Gary, how does that make you feel, especially you that's been around for so long, when you see these jabronis walking around out there with way too many Xboxes or Playstations and selling them for $1,500, $1,700? What what's up with that? I mean, jabronis is is the only word. I mean, I could think of a couple of others, but jabronis <laughs> is probably the, the, the best word that we can use on the podcast. It's, it's not a controversial opinion. I think most people would agree with me, but I, I, I have a real, real problem with people that do this. It's just greed, Mike. It's just greed. And it's, and, and to me, without wanting to get like too deep into it, it's just, it's just another illustration of like the slow kind of erosion of like the social contract and the social fabric that we're all in it together. We're all supposed to look out for one another. Yeah. It's nice to, 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 to get what you want, but it's also very nice, if not nicer to see other people get what they want as well. And we should all be looking out for our neighbors and all looking out for one another and so like for example i've got uh, another playstation 5 on on order right now when it, I, I i i don't need it it was like my backup pre-order when it gets here i'm probably going to poke around and see if there's anyone any of my friends out there who you know were really trying to get a playstation 5 for the holidays or whatever and couldn't get one if so i'll happily you know give it to them for you know what i paid for it and you know we should be looking out for one another the opposite of that is what you see on social media and what you see on ebay right now is people often with the use of like automated tools and scripts and bots and things like that will hoover up every playstation they can find um, not because they want them, but because they want to flip them for money. There was a guy on Twitter this morning who was like being really arrogant about it, like posting a picture of like the hundred you know, PlayStation fives he had, basically saying "fuck you, this is what I've got, it's a thousand dollars," and like just being not. I mean, it's it's bad enough that you're doing it, but like bragging about it just makes you even more of an asshole. I I, I don't get it, but it goes. It's the same. It's the same root problem that we talked about earlier, where people. Uh, you know, undermining, uh, you know, when, uh, driving past, you know, the movie premiere, shouting out the spoilers or smashing the Xbox on the on the floor or throwing a PlayStation 5 in the bathtub, uh, you know, for clicks. It's just asshole behavior. There will always, it, it, it's not complicated mathematics here, Mike. It's just simply there are assholes in the world. There always have been assholes. There always will be assholes. And sometimes at pop culture moments like this, they become very, very uh, visible. The scalpers, I really don't have any time for at all. It's just as simple as this. Look out for your neighbors. Look out for other people. Give a shit about other people. Care about other people's feelings. Everything that scalpers do is is exactly um, in contradiction to that. It's like, I, I'm all right, Jack. Pull the ladder up. As long as I've got what I want, I'm fine. And not only that, I want I also want to have what you 
could get and sell it back to you for double the price. Uh, I'm going I'm I'm to take away double what you would normally pay for this just so that I can have twice as much. Fuck you. That's all I can say no. about it. I have no time for these uh, people at all. It really, really makes me say, it just makes me feel sad. There's so much wonderful stuff in the world in terms of human nature. We're all, you know, you, all the time we, we see good news stories, we see people looking out for one another, we see people being good neighbors. And so that always kind of fills my heart with uh, with joy, but it equally kind of makes me really despondent and sad when I see people like these scalpers hoovering up PlayStations and things that, you know, could be a real source of joy for people coming into the holiday period, at the end, especially at the end of a show, especially this year, Mike, especially at this year when we all really need something to cheer us up. You know, I know that it's just a, I know that it's just a very fancy, elaborate toy, but these things can really put a smile on your face. Uh, at the at the end of a very grim year, and the fact that people are uh, you know are acting in in contravention to that and just grabbing at every PlayStation you find just so they can make a bit of money, it just makes me sad, Mike. That's it. Just makes me sad. Not to bring in like an agenda in here or anything, but yeah, like scalpers, I feel like are like a prime example of just like what capitalism does to like the moral compass of people, and it's just yeah, it's fucked up. Fuck you, scalpers. Yeah, well, we got a, a be, nice rant right there from Gary. Whether that's exactly what I wanted, bear putting a nice little cherry on top of that. <laughs> Just remember, be better each and every day, and don't be a jabroni. Okay, that's all that matters to me. Enough <laughs> of all that. Let's talk into some really fun stuff. Last week we got to talk about the hardware with me and Gary having the consoles a little bit early, thanks to Team Xbox. But we were kind of under embargo on certain games, and now it's open. We get to talk about games, and that's what we're all here to do we want to talk about games we want to hear about games and we want to share our experiences about all these games and xbox launched alongside ps5 with an awesome launch library no matter what you think backwards compatibility these new games coming out on both the xbox ones and the series editions this is a big deal there's a lot of games to play there's a lot of time to be spent out there with your family and friends on the couch gaming and most of all it's time to talk about games so Gary, I'm going to let you go first. We'll just go around the horn. Everybody gets to pick a game, and we'll just keep talking about it. What is something special that you've got to play that you really love and want to hype up? I bounced around a lot, a, a, lot, a little bit. And, and before we get into the specifics, just to your point, I want to agree, agree with you generally that I've actually, and again, this isn't a tribal thing. I'm going to say it for both consoles. I actually think that both of these consoles, now that I've had, now that I've had uh, a minute to um, you know investigate them a little bit more and actually look at the games that are out there, I kind of feel like both of these launch lineups are actually pretty decent. They're not, people say, oh, you know, they're, they're not good on either side or people arguing that the Sony lineup's slightly better because they've got like you know, Miles Morales and one or two killer apps that, you know, in the absence of Halo Xbox doesn't have. But looking at both of them, I let's focus on, on Series X and Series S. I actually think they're pretty decent launch lineups. And, and people say, oh, well, a lot of them are old games. Let me tell you something, Mike. I went back and, and, and tried Forza Horizon again and Gears 5, uh, which I had not really played very. I played a little bit of Horde mode with you, but I'd never played the campaign. But I went back and played the optimized version of those games. The performance upgrade is so noticeable, it is almost like having a whole new game. Right. And 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 so and and a lot of games that I hadn't discovered before, you know, again, you know how much I love Tetris. Tetris Effect Connected. I played it on the PlayStation 4, but this new version with multiplayer, again, that's a game changer. Tetris multiplayer is something that um, every every good Tetris game should have it. I love Tetris Effect. I loved it, but I'm like, man, it's really missing multiplayer. We have that now. That to me is a big deal. Uh, there's a game um, out there that's optimized for Series X called The Tourist, which is like a cute little isometric kind of 3D puzzle game that I'm absolutely loving. And again, when you throw in Game Pass, it's a there's a there's if you if if you have an Xbox a new Xbox and Game Pass, 
and you're, you're complaining about there not being enough to play. I don't know what to say to you. There's a lot of stuff to play. There's so much stuff to play, Gary. And it's funny you brought that up. I've been jumping around a lot of games. I think everybody else is having the same situation here where you almost become overwhelmed at the choice, the power of choice that you have on what you can play. And so I've got to jump around. There's some games I really deep dove into. One game that I was able to jump into kind of just briefly was Ori and the Will of the Wisps was that optimization patch. And that's one where, of course, it's bringing 120 frames to the game. But also, Gary, I don't know if you've turned this on or any of our viewers have. They're also now promoting a super sampled 6K at 60 frames per second. And Gary, I turned this game on since the first time I played it back in December. And I was in awe. It brought back all the emotions, the music, the visuals hits. But most of all, you know, I'm not a big tech guy. But whatever this 6K, 6K super sampled at 60 frames per second is, is nice, Gary. It looks good. It runs very well. And man, oh man, you cannot beat jumping back into a great Ori game. Uh, Ori was actually Ori was actually one that wasn't on my radar to check out the the the, the Series X optimization because you think you know it's a pretty game. It's a two D game, right? Like how much better can the optimized version look? Based on your recommendation, my kid loves it as well. I'm going to go check it out. But the other thing to bear in mind is a lot of the stuff that we're talking about, are like the real real top end of the of these of, the, of these performances, like like 6K and 120 frames per second. Unless you've got a cutting edge TV as well you're not going to be seeing everything that the Series X and also the PlayStation 5 can do. Like, I, I have a pretty good TV. It's only a couple of years old, but it doesn't do like HDMI 2.1, which is what you need to get the 120 frames at 4K yeah. and, and some of the stuff that the top-end games are going to be doing. You're going to be capped at 4K 60, which again, don't get me wrong, that That's is great. a big step up from what we had That's last great. time. But until but 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 until like TVs and right now the consoles are basically these new consoles are ahead of I would say probably ninety five percent of TVs that are out there unless you've got a cutting edge TV that can do ultra fast HDMI uh, I believe it's like two point one or better you're not going to be seeing these games running at their absolute you know best or like a really really high end four K PC monitor or something like that you're not going to be seeing them at their very best but again even with ninety percent of the TVs out there doing four K sixty these games just sing and i and it, it sounds like i'm exaggerating but when you see it you, you really do believe it see like and 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 barrett would agree and he's on the playstation 5 but it's basically the same stuff across both consoles yep. he just he just did this right he went from playing assassin's creed valhalla on his playstation 4 pro were you on a pro i'm presuming this was a pro i imagined it was like up res to to 4k it was 30 frames with frame drops here and there um Right. And to go to like full, like what seems to me locked 60 um, at probably still an up res 4K, but definitely still uh, prettier. Like our assets, like everything definitely looks prettier from the, the PS4 Pro. It's, it's a strikingly different yeah. experience. It's not like, oh, this looks a bit better. It's like, oh man, this looks way, and way. Yeah. Better. And like Gary's saying, like you, you, you kind of need that. Uh, new TV experience like get the full force of it but even like my first PS5 experience was just streaming and uh, with my streaming setup I have like this tiny uh, not tiny but like desk size 1080 monitor and like even playing Spider-Man in performance mode on that was like holy crap like being able to play like after just replaying uh, original PS4 Spider-Man uh, which is like 30 and uh, 1080 and all that stuff being able to play Miles and in, uh, in 60 and like have that attention to details like holy crap this is a big jump the one question i i wanted to, to bring it back to ori mike is yeah, yeah. Th this came out ori was december uh right uh-huh december and, yep and so 
because what I remember from Ori, it was like it, it, it was kind of rough when it launched. Um, and so my question is, do you think that like Ori was kind of like the first next gen game that we saw and it, they just decided to put it out like maybe a little earlier than they should? You know, I don't I, I can't give you the full answer on that one, Bear, because I don't know what happens behind the scenes. But I will say this. When we played that in December and I went on the kind of funny reviews games cast, I was stunned with what I was seeing. Right. I knew Moon Studios had it, Barrett, but I didn't think they had it like that. And I think you're right. Maybe they knew that this was going to really outperform on the next generation of consoles. And maybe they wanted to hold it. Maybe they didn't. But this optimization patch makes it feel next gen. Right. You get to feel that power. You get to see that. Of course, now, if you have the monitors like Gary and you said, you can run it at 120. This 6K super sampled idea is insane to me, but it feels next gen now when you play it for sure. It's awesome. Now, another one I want to talk about that I've been really vibing with, Bright Memory. Now, it's not Bright Memory Infinite that we saw from the showcases, but Bright Memory is a really fun first-person shooter, very fast action. Reminded me of like Doom almost with how fast the Twitch shots had to be and precision had to be. But it's also made by one person, which is crazy to think about. And it's about 28 minutes, about $7 to buy. So not very expensive at all. And you can run right through it and then replay it again to elevate your scores and your steez ranking. That's your style ranking for most of you out there. I thought I'd throw a little fun for you. But I really liked that. Of course, Katana slicing people. Gary, did you get to check this one out at all? No, I um my my experience with like I said the the problem the problem with, that we have every year, Mike, and it's like it's doubly compounded um in uh, next gen console launch years is it's an embarrassment of riches. There's just too much good stuff. I've got right now. I've got uh, Black Ops, Miles Morales, uh, Assassin's Creed. Um, uh, what else on here? You know, Yaku uh, uh, Yakuza, Like a Drag. There's just so much stuff piled up on my you know between these two consoles waiting for me to play that there's just not enough hours in the day mike i mean it's it's really it really it really is like i said it's literally an embarrassment of riches i i have to and plus you know i've got my wife and my kid fighting for time on these systems as well wanting to play games my wife's really into valhalla right now so i gotta i gotta you know get, get my gaming time uh where i can it's just i i will i will get to i will get to all of these things eventually there's just N not enough hours in the in the day for we have we have an awesomeness surplus right now in the video game world and that is obviously a good problem to have but it is nevertheless still a problem i want to play these games and but some of them are just going to fall into my backlog and probably i'll never maybe i'll never get to them well I by, know. The, by the time i by the time i get to the point where it's my backlog's clear there's some other good shit that just come down the pike you know i don't it's know tough, what you, Gary. It's, it's i've been watching it's, it's hard out here so Gary, i know you're playing a game why don't you tell us all about fuser why don't you drop a beat for me? Get up on that stage and tell us all about this game. So it's not it's it's not it's it's not necessarily a, it's not necessarily a next gen game, but it is you know compatible with uh, you know PlayStation Five and Series X and S will play it as well. Uh, it's cross platform. It's um it's it's cross play, which is what I love. One of the many things I love about it. I didn't know that this was even coming. I've I, yeah, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of like the harmonic style rhythm games. I, I bought the plastic guitars back in the day in the drum kit. And I was, I, it, it all seems a bit silly now. I remember it, it, having all these plastic instruments sitting around that nobody wanted anymore, like figuring out what to do with them. I bought like the George Harrison, you know, Beatles rock band guitar and all that kind Hell of stuff. Yeah, and you did. I, uh, I, rock I used band to, number one, baby. I, I used to say, I used to, I used to sing my heart out to uh, karaoke revolution on the PlayStation two uh, back in the day. 
Um, and uh, DJ Hero, I think, was the only one that I skipped because I felt like that that seemed like a bridge too far uh, to me. But uh, Guitar Hero, Rock Band, I got all in, in, and it seemed like they went away for a while. Uh, and then someone out of the blue texted me, hey, you know, I'm doing PR for this game. Do you want to code for this game, Fuser? I'm like, sure, I'll take a free code, but I didn't know what it was. Found out it was Harmonix. Oh, this could be interesting. Harmonix is back in the mix. And started playing it and was just absolutely hooked within five minutes. So, so the, like, here's like the, the, the quick TLDR on Fuser. Basically, you are a DJ at a big Coachella-style music festival, and there's a big library of, you know, kind of popular uh, tracks from you know the 1970s all the way up to today en encompassing various different you know pop rock dance kind of latin beats uh there's you know all, you know hip hop there's all kinds of great like you'll you'll you know all these songs They're all all your favorites are in there um and you've got four different platters that you can mix the the different uh, you can take the, the the different stems like the piano track or the guitar or the backbeat and the vocals and you can mix them all up and create your own music mixes live in front of like this kind of you know virtual festival audience and they'll just like in rock band right if they like what you're doing they'll respond if they don't like what you're creating if you're not doing it in time with the beat or whatever they'll start to you know they'll start to complain there's definitely that that video game element of wanting to hit everything on the beat and to get a high score but more than that like it's fun just to go into freestyle mode and just have fun making music i know mike you've been you you've not gotten as far into it uh, as i have but like i was playing it on stream and i had i must have had like a hundred people come by my stream going oh my god I didn't, I didn't know this game was even a thing but now that i'm seeing it i gotta go get it because once it's, it's that great feeling mike and i'm sure you've experienced this even if you've only played it for like an hour you know this when you create like the right combination of like a beat and a vocal and you start to realize you're actually kind of making new kinds of music, it just puts like a big old smile on you. But when you, when you hit like the right vibe and you feel like the music's really popping off and you're the one who's mixing it up and creating it, it's just a great, great vibe. I'm having the best, best time. I have gone as far as to say publicly, and I'll say it again now, I love Animal Crossing. I love Fall Guys. I love Among Us. For me now, Fuser is probably coming, coming in hot late for like a serious... Game of the Year contender. If, if, if Game of the Year for me is defined by just like what game like brought me the most joy, like put the smile on my face in the biggest way, Fuser has got to be in that conversation. What's your experience been like? Gary, I think you said it best. It brings a smile to my face, right? I'm having so much fun. And I think that's one everyone around the globe can agree with. Music brings you joy. Music makes you feel some type of way. And for me, this is different from guitar here. I wasn't a big guitar playing type of guy. A lot of that music didn't resonate with me like right now with this Fuser video game, right? It has all of your favorite tracks, like Gary said, across generations. And to be able to jump onto Lizzo and just start feeling good with that beat and then add a little regulate with Warren G. Then I go I over and grab a little Lady Gaga on that one. And then I put Mike. some Bad Bunny in. It really brings me so much joy to feel that beat, feel the rhythm. And being control, Gary, it's awesome. The, the amazing thing about it is, I know some people have done it, and they've they've posted some some you know amusing videos on Twitter. Like, it is possible to make really bad music, but it's actually really, it, but it's hard to do. Like, the amazing thing is they've done such a great job of like when you mix up different kinds of music, the game is kind of algorithmically in the background modulating the pitch of everything yes, to make sure that it all exactly. matches up, and and they do it in such a way. That you can like I I the one that cracked me up the other day, Mike, is I mashed up Coldplay with DMX, 
and that sh in no universe should that work and yet it did and when the and when the beat layers in he was oh shit this actually kind of works and you start vibing to it and you feel like you're in it's just this on ongoing kind of process of discovery like okay let's lay a, let's lay a little dolly Parton in there and see what happens oh shit and that kind of pops off as well it's just i'm i'm, I'm grinning like just just as i'm talking to you about it right I'm now dancing so just i'm dancing thinking about it right now gary we've been doing some live uh four-way dj code because it's cross play right it was me and some of my pc friends were playing together we've been doing some uh four-way uh co-op freestyle uh mike you and i have got to get on uh, get on the on the decks at some point and start mashing up some music as well heck it's yeah we will definitely get on the decks with gary widow one thing i never thought i'd hear in my life but i'm all about it it's really cool gary not only the music right like We've talked about the music making you feel good and you being at the power, but I also want to talk about the presentation, right? Like here's a video game that allows you to customize your character who looks almost like a super elevated Xbox avatar mixed with a Sim from the Sims video game. So you really have some awesome customization choice. My guy currently has an astronaut helmet, some long braids. I look like I'm out there getting it in at an EDM festival. But on top of that, you also get to choose your set, right? You can choose fireworks. You can choose the different backgrounds of the visuals, the colors. You could put flames out on the stage. And I love the control of not only music, but you also now get to look at it as if you were Bass Nectar, Alice in Wonderland at your set itself, because you get these big sweeping visuals of the crowd and the awesome stage that they've created. And then you get to see your touches along with that too. And I really think that's a great way to elevate it, Gary, which I love. I got, I got to tell you, I'm not the kind of person that would ever go like I'm more of a couchella kind of person. I just want to sit at home yeah. and like I know that I know that if I went to like a music festival, I like you, you couldn't get me out there quickly enough. I'd be complaining. There's too many people. It's too sweaty. Where's the why is there a line for the bathroom? Why is what is this hot dog cost eighteen dollars? Like I'd be complaining. About it. I would not have a good time at a real music festival. But I love the idea of it, and that's what I love about Fuser is it create it, it really trans it really transports you like to the idea of like what it must be like to be at a great kind of communal big music festival open air type event like a Coachella like an outside lands or you know Glastonbury or you know any of these kind of great uh, these great festivals that are out there again not my cup of tea but I love the idea and that's what I love about this game is it gives me everything that I think I love about the idea of going to a music festival but without any of the hassle I don't worry about parking or going to the bathroom or whatever but you get the vibe and you and, and they I, I feel like you, you touched on it Mike the character creator is the best character creator I've seen in any game for a long time you can create some really really fun characters you can feel the audio there's massive like when you're sitting behind those decks and you can see this massive kind of writhing sea of people out there kind of vibing to the music that you're creating it just it just gives you a great feeling and again especially again it sounds like we harp on it a lot but it can't be overstated especially this year where those kinds of experiences just don't exist in the real world right now you can't have coachella you can't have these big music festivals you can't have all kinds of people crammed in with one another but there is kind of a feeling of like yeah but this this is good this will do like this, th th this is a good substitute until we can get through, um, you know, hopefully next year, we'll, you know, things like that will start to come back on stream uh, as we get hopefully on the other side of this thing. But for right now, video games are kind of filling that gap. And a game like Fuser that so brilliantly, I think, captures that feeling of being part of like a big collective experience where everyone's kind of vibing to the same music and just having a great communal time, especially online when you're streaming the game and playing uh, uh, you know, multiplayer with other DJs. 
you know, I've, I've said it before, video games have this incredible power to bring people together. And we're seeing that now more than not because we need that connection, right? We're being starved of that connection in real life. And any number of video games, I think this year, Animal Crossing did it brilliantly. There have been other, other you know, Among Us, is, you know, I think has been incredibly popular just because it's a really fun game, but because it's a, it's a great excuse for 10 people to socialize in just a really fun kind of gamified context. And Fuser is, is, is now just the latest expression of that idea. We can't be together in the real world, but here's a really fun way that a video game can bring us together in a metaverse virtual kind of space. And I'm, I'm so grateful for it. I love that games like this are out there right now. Oh, it's so dope. It's a must check out whether you're watching on Twitch or if you have the opportunity to buy it and play it. You should check this game out as a big festival and concert goer from Snow Globe to EDC down in Vegas. I'm telling you, this brought back all the vibes like Gary has been saying. It is so much fun. Now, another big game that I personally haven't got to put my hands on because it's the biggest and the baddest, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is now out. And I, thankfully, along with Gary, have one of the biggest Assassin's Creed fans here on the planet. He's almost played them all. And uh, maybe he'll be telling you about that soon. But Barrett, why don't you tell all of our best friends your experience with Assassin's Creed Valhalla? Because it is the hottest thing right now out here with these launch lineups. Mm, mm. Uh, so, of course, you can uh, find my full thoughts and uh, other people's thoughts who have played Valhalla over on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. One of the many games casts uh, that came out this week, we did a review for Valhalla, a review for, oh, uh, bug snacks i think and then yeah. uh of course Spider-Man. yesterday by the time that you're watching this yesterday the spider-man uh miles morales uh spoiler cast went up uh and that's ready for you for whenever you beat miles morales um so yeah you can get a, a lot of my thoughts on uh the valhalla review but i am really really enjoying it um yeah as uh I've, I've tweeted out about uh i've been replaying the Assassin's Creed series, kind of in anticipation for uh, Valhalla. And I was definitely, with these more recent games, um, with uh, the whole, like, Witcher 3 RPG type of uh, thing instead of uh, what the classic Assassin's Creed games were, um, I was definitely starting to feel the the burnout, um, especially at the tail end of Odyssey. And I was scared. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be in the mood to play Valhalla. Um, and... To my surprise, like I'm, I'm loving it, uh, and I, I, I've not felt the burnout in, at all. Uh, I love the the way, like the the changes um, that they have made to introducing you to parts of the world. Like, yeah, like seeing the map feels a little daunting, but um, I think it's really smart how they introduced each uh, each kingdom, each area into like new chapters. Uh, specific levels aren't level gated. There's like more of like big areas so like whenever you're doing a story mission and it's in like a level 55 area it's like all right like all these story missions are gonna be this level and uh i i can just you know go through them and feel confident and not feel like a a huge like gap in between uh leveling from like finishing one story mission going into another like odyssey had that problem where like there's like halfway through that game where you're level like 23 um, if you're like playing at like a pretty regular pace of going through story and doing some open world activities. And then the next level, uh, the next uh, story mission, you have to be level 30. So you have to like grind out seven levels and in an Odyssey that takes a while. Um, so I think there's like really smart designs of like making leveling uh, flow a little better. The game's beautiful, uh, even more so. Like I, I already thought it was pretty on PS4 Pro, but like seeing it next gen wise, uh, and I'm sure it's the, the same uh, for Xbox Series X. Like it is very, very pretty. Um, there's really cool stuff that they're doing with the lore. If you're a super 
uh, Assassin's Creed nerd like myself, and you've been keeping up on like all the modern day stuff and like e- even some of the the past uh, events uh, that have happened in other games. They're playing with really cool stuff that I think uh, uh, more so than any other Assassin's Creed game has done. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm overall really loving it. And like just to give context of like the first time I played Odyssey. I was at IGN and I had to play it and we had to get like end game stuff uh, footage for it. So I had to binge 80 hours of that game in like two weeks and I was definitely burned out at the end of it. Um, This time around when I was replaying uh, the series, I think I beat it uh, just because I knew what I was doing. And I also bought myself the XP boost in that game because I didn't want to deal with that uh, grindiness of it this time around. Uh, It took me roughly 40 hours. And even then at the end of it, I was uh, definitely feeling like, tired and doing the same open world activities over and over again. I'm 46, 47 hours into Valhalla. I don't know when it's going to end. Uh, cause I like, I have recently been more like mainlining it, but, um, I, like I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling the burnout yet. Like I, I think the, there's more variety in open world activities and side stories. And I, I, I never, I never feel um, too complacent, I would say, in like what I'm doing in Valhalla. Uh, it's it's really awesome. I'm really loving it, and it's definitely worth a uh, worth checking out for for next gen. I can I can oh. speak to it real briefly as well because yeah, Gary, um, uh, Leah got into my wife got into uh, Assassin's Creed through Odyssey and she fell in love with that game and has like three hundred something hours played all the DLC everything she like really kind of played that game like down to the bone and she got into Origin like, like she liked Origins less but she played that a lot as well now she's into Valhalla uh, I asked her just the other day like how she felt like if she liked it if, how does it compare to Odyssey does she like better she's still figuring that out but I know she's liking it more and more as she's playing it she's she's a good few hours like probably like 20 30 hours in right now as well um and he's really really liking it just my observations just from watching her play because i've watched her play almost all of this um barrett i don't know what you think but like the settlement building seems really cool like that's a new yeah. thing they've added like, I, I love I, building that, that's, the that's actually like not a new idea for assassin's creed there was um you had your in Assassin's Creed Two. You had like your your homes. It wasn't called a homestead, but you had your home in Italy that you could like upgrade. And then okay. Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, you helped like basically like uh, rebuild. Um, shit, I think you were in Rome. I think uh, in Brotherhood. I, I'm, I've been playing a lot of games. It's it's hard to keep track. Um, and then I think even in like Unity, they had a, a similar system. So it's not a new concept, but I'm really glad that they brought it back because I think it's a smart way to make you go out and adventure, but not feel like you're doing it for nothing. Like there, there's always yeah. going to be a payoff or like going to do like collect wealth or like go find the mysteries and stuff like that. Like there, it always feels satisfying. So that's that's one thing for sure. The other one of the other observations is it just seems again I'm not holding the controller, but it seems to me like combat just seems really really cool this time around. Like, every, like really big meaty like visceral hits. You know, like soldiers flying across the screen, heads flying off, limbs flying everywhere, blood spurting everywhere. Like you can you can turn off the blood and the dismemberment. We've got it. We've got it all turned on. The combat is really meaty and just feels like it has this real kind of heavy kind of yeah. uh, like guttural satisfying visceral uh feel to it that's the perfect word for his visceral uh in our review i compared it to uh syndicate because i think a syndicate in like the traditional assassin's creed uh um 
design, uh, the syndicate was very much the same. It was fast paced. You're fucking up a lot of people all at once. Like the takedowns were just like made you cringe a little bit. You're like, oh, God, I don't want to be hurt that way. And uh, Valhalla, I think, like does the equivalent of that in this new uh, combat system that we've had since Origins. And uh, yeah, I think definitely like the combat feels the most engaging uh, for me. And like we're talking a little bit on the review, like it definitely never feels too difficult, uh, which I like, uh, I know some people like from Odyssey of like some of the major fights and really having to take a while. Um, That hasn't been a problem for, for me of like finding it too easy. And like um, even with like named fights, like I, 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 there's still a challenge, but just because it's happening quicker doesn't make it easier. I think it's just, there's just more of like a upbeat tempo. I would say with the, the combat. And uh, just one final observation. This is potentially an early, relatively early game spoiler. So if you like, if you haven't started Valhalla yet and you really, really want to stay spoiler free, put the earmuffs on for the next minute. Barrett, I'm sure you're already past this, but I was watching Leah play last night. She was in Asgard and she was fighting f- giants on the oh, Bifrost yeah. next to Thor, fucking swinging these hammers around. Oh, yeah. And it was like, like, we've all seen like, you know, that version of Asgard from like the Marvel movies. This is a different take, but it feels yeah. like there is a little, like, you, when you see the Bifrost and you're fighting frost giants and Thor is fucking fl- flinging Mjolnir around, like it almost feels like an like an even more awesome version of the Marvel version of Thor. I, I remember just watching Leah play the Asgard battle on the Bifrost on the Rainbow Bridge going, this is why video games mm-hmm. are awesome. Yeah. I just felt like an epic, an epic moment. Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. I was not expecting that at all, and that's like a total like side mission thing. Like they do not present that to you as like a you need to do this, but um, yeah, like uh, you feel like you stumble upon it, and yeah, when you go in there, you're like, holy crap. Um, of course, like I don't think for me personally, I don't think it's as like stand out ish as uh, as uh, the Marvel stuff, specifically Ragnarok, uh, which I know is an unfair comparison. But uh, also, like, of course, God of War is on the mind because God of War uh, is now going into to Norse uh, territory. Um, and even though, like, we haven't seen some of those characters uh, that we're seeing in uh, Valhalla yet, there's just something that, like, didn't feel quite as, like, um triple a about it like it, it, it the asgard stuff is really cool like the story stuff is really cool um but i think just like the interpretation feels a little um off for me and i know that this is coming from someone who's not like super deep into norse mythology so i might just be coming from off base here but yeah there's just something like it's cool but like i'm not like uh, it, it's not like i don't know it's hard to explain but the Again, coming from the very nerdy Assassin's Creed side of this, I'm very interested in how this is going to connect with uh, the other kind of like God stuff that they have set up throughout the the series and the Isu and all that stuff. Uh, um, I'm just interested to see like how that all comes together, if it does, or maybe it's just a fun little side story that wh- who knows if it, it actually happened or not, or maybe Eivor is like just uh, imagining it all in her head. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was... Uh, it was a fun time, um, and I'm. I, I think I'm only like halfway through the the Asgard stuff right now because you can you can still, pop in and out. 
still a little uh, buggy as well. It's like we've seen a lot of glitches and things. like nothing mm-hmm. like game breaking. But I feel like we're probably a couple of patches away from the game being super super stable. Yeah, people complaining about Assassin's Creed glitches. It's just like uh, <laughs> you're like complaining about like dog shit on the street. Like it's gonna it's it's a thing in every single Assassin's Creed game. Some streets are dirtier with dog. Like some streets have more dog shit than others. It's you're gonna get dog shit though. It, it, it just it's gonna happen when people complain about it. It's just like yeah, that's what Assassin's creed games are though like again i've replayed all of the games this year before valhalla it's just like yeah it's it's a thing some stand out more than others definitely but was it black flag the one that had the really awful faces that looked like no that was that was unity right that was unity and that seemed to be like a very very like i think a handful of people might have gotten that but um I'd say the unity is is bad for or not bad, but not great for other reasons. Not not the glitches. Which one is unity? Is that the Revolutionary War one? That's the that's the French Revolution. Uh, okay, that was like yeah, the, yeah, that yeah. was the first game designed for like I, I think actually built for PS4 and Xbox. I'm kind of hoping because they haven't done this for a while, and it's I think would get me into it as more because I'm slightly more interested in more like modern history than ancient history. I think they've done you know ancient Egypt, ancient Greece. Now they're doing kind of ancient you know Nordic times. I'm kind of hoping like the next one in the series might, you know, be in more contemporary, like the Victorian England, the Revolutionary War. I think those are really interesting periods as well. I'd like to kind of see them get a bit more modern again. I, cool, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know if they'll ever do it. Syndicate is their worst selling game. And that's obviously, and that's not Syndicate's fault. That is the fault is that the of Victorian uh, England one. Yes. Um, okay. That is the fault of Unity and Rogue coming out uh, yep. on the same day uh-huh. the previous year. Unity not running well. Rogue being more of the same of Black Flag. And there's just like this oversaturation of um, of Assassin's Creed. So when Syndicate came out the year later, Syndicate majorly underperformed. Syndicate is the most modern we've ever gotten in uh, Assassin's Creed, at, at, uh, at least for the... Um, uh, assassins side of the story not the not the modern day stuff um i got a i got a question for you barrett mm, mm. Uh, I've, I've been saying for a long time that you know that sooner or later they got to check the feudal japan box right do yeah, you think, i don't think they do it anymore but, but do you think the ghost of tsushima makes it more difficult for them to do that oh absolutely i think they're way too late on it they might have been looking into it i think ghost of tsushima like there's no way they can do that now after ghost of, like uh, uh, it's Ubisoft though, so maybe they're like, ah, oh, a different company proved that it uh, it's sellable, so now we'll do it, kind of thing, because they they have a back uh, ass it's backwards. It's a bummer because in a world where Ghost of Tsushima doesn't exist, like it's so obvious that they would have to go there, right? Like, I mean, it's people have been asking for it happen. since like for ten years at this point. Yeah, they, they, that's a big one. It's yeah. right. they want it. Um, and so yeah, with, like uh, getting more modern, I don't think they'll do it. I think they're very scared of trending more towards of like uh game design of the older assassin's creed games and i think they're scared of doing more modern stuff because their last assassin's creed game that came out before they redid everything with origins was syndicate which was like the most modern um assassin's creed game that we got uh not just uh um that era but there's also like a almost like this add-on dlc which i don't even think was dlc i think it was just straight up in the game where you even just go to world war one um and there's like a whole like mini story oh, wow. in, in uh world war one uh in that game so um yeah I, I'm, I'm gonna make i'm gonna make a prediction i think sure. they're gonna do 
I think they're going to do feudal Japan anyway. I think they will do it. I don't think Tsushima will stop them. I think. I think they like. Think well, their, do you think that's their next game? Is uh, the question all? I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's the next one. Maybe there's. Maybe Tsushima is a reason to like wait. You know, to kind of. You know, but I think. But the thing is, there's going to be a Tsushima too, right? There's going to be because it's so, the first one was so successful. So who the hell knows? But I don't know. It just feel like it's so obvious, and I feel like Assassin's Creed is such a big franchise that they could just they could just muscle and say, yeah, that other game did it and did it well, but we're going to do it our way, and we're you know. It's a, it's a PlayStation exclusive, so it doesn't affect PC or Xbox players. I, I feel like there's still they would I think they would definitely have to like look at what Tsushima did and you know maybe modulate away from you know the uh, points of, of comparison because Tsushima is very Assassin's Creedy in its in its play style in many many ways. Um, I, I still think they'll do it. I don't think it would be the same game they would have made were it not for Ghost of Tsushima, but I still think they will go to that that part of history because it's it's just it's it would be so cool they got to do it got to do it got they got to do it with a barrett thank you so much for getting me hyped over odyssey gary you and i will have to jump in and check it out i know that's my plan for the weekend i'll run down a couple more games i've been playing uh two that i've really jumped into during our review period with me and gary was dirt five and yakuza like a dragon dirt five i have said many times on the stream has now reinvigorated my love for racing games as a casual racing game fan who prefers the more arcadey nature of older need for speed titles and midnight clubs like that dirt five has gotten me to jump back behind the wheel and grab it at 10 and two and just put my foot right down on the pedal just like forza horizon did it is so much fun it's beautiful it's wild the dynamic weather the racetracks all just feed into just this package that really is so much fun to play. Codes Masters have knocked it out of the park with this one. And one of the coolest ones, I know, Gary, we kind of talked about it, you and I, was, man, I really like this dirt podcast that they got. I like in between the races, two jabronis getting on and having this dirt podcast where they're talking about racing. They bring it on, they're bringing on real pros, but at the same time, they're also talking about your career. And it feels like it's just so much fun where, I stop in the menus just to listen to the podcast before I jump into the next race, which is just absolutely outrageous. I love it so much. And man, Dirt 5 has stolen my heart. I will give it a caveat, though. You guys know that I'm a big multiplayer fan, and the multiplayer is just a little wonky. We're having a lot of connection issues, having problems trying to get everybody into games with me and my friends. So hopefully they'll iron that out. But as a package right now on the single-player side, Dirt 5 is really checking all the boxes for me i'm going fast i'm just tearing up the track and i love every moment of gameplay over there with that game you and i had a difference of opinion on this mike because i generally like that that whole like radio dj announcer stuff you know how much i love dj atomica yeah, and yeah. three and the burnout games dj cucumber slice and nba street uh -huh. will always be an all-time favorite for me um and i think that when you create those kind of radio stations and that kind of vibe it can be a great way to you know, uh, bring you into the world and make you feel like you're inhabiting like a living, breathing universe. There's just something about the the dirt podcast guys. They just rub me the wrong way. They just, I just, there's something about them. It's just not my cup of tea. But I did play some of it. I'm going to play more. Um, the, it's really, it, it feels really good when you're drifting around corners in the yeah. mud. It has a good feel to it. And I will say this: if you want it, there's a reason why people are pointing to games like this and Forza Horizon as great examples of what the Series X and what next-gen systems can do is, for some reason, racing games are just, are just really, really benefit from being at 60 frames. Like more so, because it's all about speed. A, a, a 60 FPS racing game just looks so much better than, the, than, it, than it running at 30. So it's a great way to show off 
what your system can do. I am going to jump back into it, but so far as racing games in general go, I think I'm going to be keeping my powder dry for that Hot Pursuit remaster. I'm going to be all about that Ooh. when that drops in a couple of weeks. Gary, tell me about that rumble, though. So we're talking about Dirt 5, and there you are. It's giving you the 3-2-1 go countdown, and you <laughs> just put your finger on that trigger, your foot to the pedal, and you feel the rumble, right? The whole car is shaking. You're taking a hot right turn, going hot into 60, and just cranking it sideways for the drift. And the whole controller, this Elite Series 2 controller, is rumbling so much that it's bringing me so much joy, Gary. It's like I feel the power of the game. I feel the torque of the car, and it just feels good with this rumble. I don't even know how to describe it well enough because it is a special feeling, something that I don't think I've ever felt rumble-wise, really, with this Dirt 5 ever before. I, I, I like a bit of rumble, uh, as you know, and I think for driving games, they work really, really well. You want to feel, you know, because you, you want to feel like the throb of the engine and the car kind of vibrating under you. Again, this is an area where I think PlayStation's going to have a bit of an edge when, when rumble, anytime where a game really utilizes kind of rumble, um, dual sets, I think, which just has like more sophisticated uh, motion, uh, rumble uh, technology, I think is going to have a bit of an edge. Uh, but across the board, yeah, it's you know, I, 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 I always, I was the more, the more the controller is vibrating and rumbling, uh, the better for me. And you really, again, you really want to feel that, that kind, that put that kind of haptic, you know, pushback when you're when you're hitting the gas and and drifting around. You know, there's the, the nice thing about the, about dirt is because it's like you know, it's you're sliding around in the mud and it just has a really really good uh, feel to it. I found that I found the driving controls as well to be fairly forgiving like it's very it's very arcadey like it's not it's not it's, it's more like a horizon than it is like a core forza game in that yeah. it will let it will let you drift and let you do crazy things without you know you're not having to like tune every every aspect of the car in order to get around a corner it's quite forgiving in the controls which i appreciate i like i much prefer arcadey style races than the more like gran turismo you know the really unforgiving ones where if your car's just not tuned the exact right way you're never going to be able to control it properly so i appreciate that i definitely am going to play it a little bit more i probably am going to you know kind of tune out the podcast guys a little bit more than you but for the most part i feel like it's a really really um solid game between that and forza right now if, if we if we're doing a scorecard on the racing front if you like racing games it used to be playstation would would used to be able to say, oh yeah, we got Gran Turismo, we got this and that. Right now, if you like racing games for next generation, Xbox is the only place to be. The right, you know, the, the driving games, the racing games for for PlayStation uh, will come in time, I'm sure. But right now, the the one two punch at launch of Dirt Five and uh, Forza Horizon um, is is pretty compelling. Oh, it's so much fun, Gary, and I love that. When you start a race, that dynamic weather, the change, the levolution, my favorite word in the gaming sphere. You can really see it from the track getting torn up and you can see the mud and the tires. You can see the ice breaking and cracking underneath you. But I love that you start lap number one and it's just sunset or it's still bright. You turn to lap number two and it goes dark right now. You have lights coming from the different fan areas and on the sides of the tracks. Or you'll have this beautiful jet with an awesome flyby overhead and the visuals are there as well. It just feels good. It looks so cool. And I love the change of, you know, all of a sudden you're in the jungle down in Brazil and it's raining and it's pouring and then it clears up and it's this beautiful day as you get into the town. And it's just so cool what they've created there. I love the dynamic different appearances that you get to see throughout it. 
I just, I just need, I, I, for me, racing games, when you're just driving around a track looking for a lap time, that's not exciting to me. I like, I want something to do. Like, that's why I love the hot pursuit games. I want, I, I want to be a, I want to be a bad guy trying to escape the cops or I want to be the cops, like trying to chase the bad guys down. I love those hot pursuit games. I go all the way back to chase HQ, the old Taito arcade game that I loved so much. Uh, I'm so excited about that hot pursuit remaster. I need to go Google when that's coming out. Cause the minute that drops, I forget it's cross play as well. I'm going to be getting into that. If you're looking for some racing uh, action coming into the holiday season, I just might. I'm just putting you on notice right now. I'm going to be all about hot pursuit. I love it, Gary. All right, well, I'll write it down. We can go get. Uh, we can drop some beats on the turntables, and then we can go race it up on the track. I love that. Here's two more games I really want to bring up. Of course, Yakuza Like a Dragon is this gigantic game. It is a great entry point to newbies into the series, similar to myself and. The coolest part about the Xbox ecosystem and Game Pass is we've been slowly getting these Yakuza titles over on Game Pass, and I've really wanted to try them, but I've held off until now with Yakuza Like a Dragon, and you and I got to check that out. I got to play it during our review period, and man, oh man, this game is so much fun, and I have reservations about me saying I'm playing it as I feel like I'm more watching it, but man, it's so much fun. It's like this crazy yakuza soap opera with a lot of funny moments and some cool heartwarming moments and then you go out there and you beat a bunch of people up in the middle of the streets uh it's just so cool and i think the biggest one for me is it's fast as lightning not only does it look beautiful and the storytelling is fun and it's easy for a first timer but if you want to feel the power of this next generation on a big scale with a gigantic rpg game you jump into yakuza like a dragon and the moment a cutscene ends and you're supposed to go into gameplay, it will pop with a loading screen and that thing will be gone faster than it even pops up, which I'm so impressed by and in awe of. And here's another cooling thing about that. Or another cool part about that is I downloaded it on my Xbox One X and it's almost as fast. I won't say it's just as fast, but it is still lightning fast with this game. So I don't know what they've created over there, but this game is fast on all fronts, whether you're on the one with the Xbox One like I had. Or on this Series X, this game is loading fast and going fast, which I really, really love. In a big game like that where you want to either keep progressing the story or keep playing, playing, playing. I love this right now. Gary, have you got to see this at all? What's about Yakuza? Yakuza. I uh, Sorry, I got I got distracted in the middle there, Mike, because I went to Google new, Need for Speed Opposite Remastered. I know you're excited about it, Gary. You got to wait. You got to wait, Gary. Mike, no, Mike, I don't have to wait. It came out last week. Oh, oh my god and somehow yeah, somehow i didn't know this it came out on november 6 i'm literally installing it on steam right now <laughs> well forget about yakuza because you're all good no, you got I, your I, game I, that you want i want to talk i want to talk to you about yakuza uh Tell i'm me. very well here's the th okay so first of all hot pursuit that i'm getting into that like immediately after we get off the off the phone here but um, yeah, so I've been wanting to get into these Yakuza games for a long time because, like, it's I, I've been saying to for the longest time, man, I got into these Yakuza games. It's in like GTA, but like only even more fucking batshit nutty. And people are like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. You got to get in on this. And I'm seeing so many of my friends playing it. Like my friend Rebecca Valentine from Game Informer, uh, sorry, from GameIndustry.biz, has been playing through it. And like, when you play these games, apparently you you have to tweet. You like, I have to tweet this out because I can't believe something this batshit crazy just happened in this fucking game. So like, that's those are my kinds of games. Like, you know, I love Saints Row. So. Like, this feels like it's going to have like that Saints Row kind of vibe to it. People have been, I've been asking people like it's a bit confusing. Like, what is the entry point for the to the to the uh, to the series? Because it's all over the place, right? Especially with some of the games that kind of remakes and remasters of previous 
entries. Most people have said, and, the, and these three are all on Game Pass, get into do Yakuza 0 first and then Kiwami 1 and 2. Now, I could do that. But I kind of want I kind of want to forget about that now and jump into Liger Dragon first because that's the one that's optimized for Series X. That's the one that's going to give me the next gen experience. And it seems like also a uh, good entry point too because it's like it's not the same protagonist. It's a yeah, different fight system and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think I think my entry point is going to be like a dragon because I, I I got it here optimized for Series X. I got I got to get into it. Let's do it. Yeah, I really recommend both Dirt Five and Yakuza for all of our best friends around the globe with these new consoles. It's so cool to see both of them. Barrett, what you got? This is Assassin's Creed. Like everything else is uh, PS5 oh, related. Assassin's Creed is like the one third party game that I'm really focusing on right now. So, uh, yeah, um, I, 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 if you want me to talk about how pretty Spider-Man was last night, I can talk about that. No, but this I, is X-Cast. I'm so. happy you talked about Assassin's <laughs> Creed. And I'll give us one final game to talk about. As many of the listeners and watchers know, I am a huge Call of Duty Warzone fan. I love multiplayer games. I love sharing experiences with my friends around the globe and call of duty Warzone has hit so many awesome moments for me and the coolest part was seeing it running on the series x and feeling how much better it feels the gameplay the visuals than it was on the xbox one right it feels and runs smoother over here but now the coolest part gary witta is call of duty black ops cold war is now available it released last night today it doesn't really matter when you're listening it's now available and that sweet, sweet, sweet FOV slider is now available on console. I know I had a lot of listeners ask me about it. Is it in Warzone? No, it's not in Warzone yet. But it is currently on Call of Duty Black Ops. And I'll tell you, you crank that thing back out to your earlobes and you feel the speed. You see how it runs. It does not affect it. it does not affect the visuals. It does not affect the gameplay. It's really impressive to see the power of this box almost similar and identical to my PC, right? I switched to Warzone on my PC from the Xbox One X for that true locked 60 frames or uncapped up plus, you know, and that game ran so well on my PC, I didn't think I'd ever go back to Warzone or Call of Duty over on my Xbox. And I'm happy to say, everybody, I downloaded Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War on my Xbox early this morning. I played multiple games. I cranked up that FOV slider and it, feels good it's smooth it's fast it's call of duty by treyarch and it is a whole lot of fun gary it's something to get excited about so i am excited about it i also downloaded it both on pc and on uh xbox this morning i haven't had a chance to dive in yet but this is specifically what i wanted what i wanted to ask you we talked about it a bit before the show because i know you play a lot of warzone and i know you play predominantly on pc having played black ops cold war now on the series x for a bit do you feel like it's comparable to playing it on a high-end PC. Like, has the next, has the next gen? Is that next gen leap? Is it? It's never, it's never going to be as like the same as playing on like a thirty eighty or whatever, like you know, a thousand dollar graphics card. But like, how how much closer is it? As someone who's very familiar with 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 what the what the high-end Call of Duty PC experience is like, how does how does the Series X compare in terms of performance, frame rate, resolution? Does it feel like playing on a PC on a high-end PC? Very close. Now, don't come after me in the comments saying this and that, like Gary said, like, if you got the biggest and the baddest high-end PC, yes, I know it's going to be there. It's going to be a difference. But I will say, this feels very comparable to my high-end PC, you know, quote-unquote. It feels good. It feels right on par with it, that FOV slider, the visuals, that steadier frame rate. It all feels like, man, I am playing with more power, which I'm really excited about. And it's funny, 
me and my friends were talking about you, Gary, over on Animal Talking when you had Shroud on, right? And Shroud yeah. was one of those guys who said, man, I really want my friends who are on console to feel the power and the fidelity that I feel on my PC. And the one thing that he also brought up that was a big one for him was the mouse and keyboard, right? That latency issue that he experienced plugging it in to the console. And I haven't plugged in a mouse and keyboard into the Series X to feel what that would feel like compared to my PC. But I will say this, running-wise, the FOV slider, the graphics, the frames per second all feel like, man, if I didn't have this big boy PC behind my monitor here, I could easily play this and feel like I'm playing on that next gen with the power, which is awesome to say. Yeah, I do think what Shroud said uh, when I talked to him recently was really interesting, that whole thing about how the 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 Xbox and the PlayStation now are fast enough that, that mouse and keyboard control in these shooters is now viable because you know when you when you're one, one thing that you very rarely see or you've never really seen in console games is that kind of you know you know like in a pc uh shooter where you can just like whip around so fast because the mouse movement lets you flip around so but not just the mouse movement but that the game can actually respond fast enough at high enough frame rate to, to to whip you around that quickly you know when you when you, you, you know, when you push your thumbstick over far right or far left you can only turn around so quickly on pc you can just whip around so much more quickly because you've got a, far, a, a more precision faster responding input device but also a much more powerful machine that can actually respond quickly enough. Shroud made the point that now these, and this is, was his hope, this is before he's had a chance to get to, to, to get his hands on them, but I think he may well be right, is that these consoles now will be able to respond quickly enough that mouse and keyboard, for people that want to have that precision, best of both worlds, right? Mouse and keyboard precision, but playing on a console, which, you know, is more accessible uh, to a lot of people and potentially opens you up to, you know, to different player bases is, you know, that could be a real sweet, a, a real sweet spot for a lot of gamers. And 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 potentially, you know, makes crossplay more viable. You say, oh well, you know, I'm a PC guy and I'm playing on uh, cross-platform, and I'm going to mop up all these Xbox and PlayStation guys because they're playing with their dumbass controller. Well, maybe not. Maybe they got a keyboard and mouse as well now. May, and maybe their and maybe their machine is comparable in power to whatever you know mid-range PC you might have. So I think I, I think there's I think it's going to you're def it's definitely going to mix up the uh, um, the kind of the cross-platform dynamics uh, going forward in terms of um you know the, the the whole business of like oh well i'm on a pc so i've definitely got some kind of edge i think that might be going away it's really exciting to think about and i think that's a big one for you know first person shooter fans similar to me who have been playing on consoles all their lives right and looking over at that pc ecosystem and going well what does it feel like is that what it is and you know you get to jump between the two for me and it is so much fun now to say man that's comparable right like that felt good running this on the Xbox earlier this morning. And I'm really excited to see what Treyarch and the team with Call of Duty Black Ops bring to the war zone in December, right? Right now, we don't have an update. We don't have any changes into the war zone yet because it is kind of this separate entity, but it is really exciting to look into December and be like, man, what is this team going to add? Will it be a new map? Of course, we know the guns are coming over, but like what more can they add to elevate Call of Duty Warzone? One of the best, you know, Battle Royales on the planet right now. It's a big entity, and I'm really excited to see what's next on that. But with that, that was a whole lot of games. We got to get out of here. So here's a quick heads up for our listeners and viewers out there. Remember, with your Game Pass Ultimate subscription, you get one free month of Disney+. Plus. You must redeem it by March 2nd, 2021. So here's a helpful tip for you. Mandalorian Season 2 is currently being aired week by week right now. Maybe if you save redeeming that until the end of season two or towards the end, you can watch both season one and season two 
of The Mandalorian. It's an incredible show over on Disney+. Plus. Gary Barrett, what are your recommendations on Disney+, Plus for all of our best friends to use that one free month on? What do you like watching? I mean, for I mean, for me, first of all, the, the Disney Plus. I mean, was it like they're up to like seventy three million subscribers now or something? I mean, it's just been insane. If you if you've got kids in the house like me, like you just got it's like you know your water, your gas, electric Disney Plus. Like you just got to have it's like a basic thing. <laughs> um, you you, you got to have it. For me, it's like a lot of the original stuff that they're doing is obviously really cool. I'm really excited about WandaVision and some of the Marvel stuff that's coming down the pike. But, oh, but for me. Yeah. It, as an older guy, what I appreciate is like the art, some of the archival stuff because Disney has the greatest yeah. archive. Like yeah. going back and watching like the old like Kurt Russell, like the computer wore tennis shoes and these kind of like old, like cheesy kind of, you know, Escape from Witch Mountain. And then the, the kind of movies that I grew up with as a kid, you know, Wonderful World of Disney, all that kind of stuff. Like the fact that all of that is there, that to me, even more than the new stuff is is what's compelling. Like they do have great original content. I'm excited about the new Star Wars and Marvel stuff that is that yeah. is coming out. I think it's going to be great. Um, but for, for me, I spend most of my time poking around like just some of the older Disney, like the, the, the classic stuff from like the, the, the Disney that I grew up with as a kid in the 70s and 80s. Uh, yeah, my recommendation, if you're into the more modern stuff, Star Wars, Marvel, my recommendation would be hold off on redeeming that if you're trying to like be smart about when to redeem this. Uh, maybe hold off until WandaVision is done because I think we've got an official date for January 15th for WandaVision. Um, I don't know if that's official, but that, that's the date that we were talking about today on screencast. So you have to imagine that's like six, seven episode, like uh, maybe maybe like redeem sometime in February. Um, so you can get WandaVision season one, uh, Mando season one and two, like all that together uh, in one package. And you can watch, watch it all within a month in that three month period uh, if you want to try to uh, kind of scheme it that way. Uh, my just personal recommendation, uh, the new iteration of DuckTales is absolutely wholesome and great. Uh, probably one of the best kid shows uh, out there right now uh, and everybody should check it out, no matter what your age, because uh, my wife and I watch it and we absolutely love it and we can't wait for the new stuff to because I think like see they're in the middle of season three right now and we can't wait for that to eventually get to Disney+. Plus. What is <sighs> the, the Disney Plus thing is what, 30 days? Is that what you get? Yeah, you so. get one month. It's not bad. Not bad. I mean, 30 days, and like Barrett said, right, if you use it correctly, you don't have to redeem this until March 2nd, 2021, so you do have some time to sit on it, but well, make sure you keep that in the back of your mind, you know? I'm literally looking at the Xbox app on my PC right now, and it says it expires January 31st, 2021. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Okay. Before the end of January. Okay. So maybe redeem it when WandaVision starts. Again, if you're trying to be smart and stuff, maybe redeem it like when uh, WandaVision uh, starts. Uh, we're assuming on January 15th. I like it. Let's end the show with one user question. Remember, you can write in to me, Gary Barrett, and the whole kind of funny team through Patreon. Or, of course, just hit me up on Twitter. I'll take some user questions occasionally. We'd love to answer and talk with you, the best friends around the globe. So this one coming in from our best friend, BJ Bernardo. He says, hi, y'all. Now that you've played, tested, and reviewed the Xbox Series X, I got a question. If you could have one Xbox first-party studio game in develop, in development or rumored released right now so you could play it on this new console, which one would it be? I'll kick off that one, of course, Microsoft, with a whole lot of first-party teams now creating some incredible stuff. For me, what I feel like I'm missing, I want Fable. I know Halo would be the easy answer for everybody, but I'm going to move past the Halo I want Fable from Playground Games because when I look around, I think to myself, man, where's that whimsical RPG that I can get lost in, that I can hang in for quite some time? I know I brought up Yakuza, but 
it's a different feeling for me when I think about Fable and I look across the pond over there with the PlayStation. I see Miles Morales and Spider-Man. So I think for me, I'm going to go with Fable because I really would have loved to play that game. Another side one for you, BJ, what I would have loved to seen, of course, is a console mascot platformer. I look across again and I see Sackboy Adventures and I say, where is my console mascot? Where's that platformer that Gary Witta and his family can all gather around and enjoy, right? I don't feel like I have one that truly speaks to me who, here over like? on the Xbox side. What, what, I mean, what could it even be? I mean, I could I could dig a banjo. You know, I bring up Conquers a lot, and I know Conquers kind of falls into that mature title, right? But, you know, you think of some of these Blinks the Time Sweeper cats. You think of Lucky Super Lucky's Tale. They tried to get off the ground. I just look around and I say, where is this console mascot that I can get behind? And then I say, where's Viva Pinata, Gary? Because that could have been it. I know, like where you know, like you know, Bug Snacks is 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 popping off on the PlayStation right now. I do think that um, Microsoft. I feel like if they're missing something in their portfolio right now, it is that kind of cutesy, family friendly stuff that you know Rare does so well. You know, ba- you know, where, where is Ban? It's time for Ban. Maybe it's time for Banjo Three. Where's Banjo Three? Where's you know where yeah where where where, where is a new video? It, ex- it exists. It's called Banjo Nuts and Bolts, Gary, and we don't talk about it. That is actually one area where it's fair play. To, you make a good point. Like PlayStation's killing it right now. You know, uh, with uh, Sackboy, which looks a lot of fun. You got you got uh, uh, Ratchet and Clank and the Jack, and they've got all these different uh, the, uh, you know family friendly, colorful three D platformers. That's an area where I think Xbox um, is is definitely playing. Uh, catch up and they they have the characters i mean i, I think people would love to see banjo kazooie uh come back there's there's definitely some goodwill out there for those characters conquers why not fuck the fuck it bring back conquer why not why not yeah. let's bring a little too, maturity uh, too, to this. too edgy fun. for the year of too edgy. He's edgy. um uh but yeah but it, it, to answer the original question yeah for me i i want to kind of repeat you but yeah it would be it would be fable if there's if there's a world out there that i want to go get lost in right now i have such such fond memories of playing the original fable on the og xbox it was so so fun uh that i'm really I, I i'm hoping really that's probably the game that i have like my fingers crossed for the most like i really hope they get that one right i really want fable to be good Gotta believe, and you know what? They're doing it. They're powering our dreams, and that's all you could ask for. It's been an incredible launch week. I hope you and all of your friends around the globe have got to experience the speed, the power, and the fun with all these no con- news consoles. No matter where you play, just go out there and play games and have fun. That's what we here at Kind of Funny are all about. So on behalf of Gary Witta, Barrett, Courtney, and the team at Kind of Funny, it's your guy, Snowbike Mike, saying, hey, go out there, power your dreams, play a bunch of video games, And we'll see you back here next week. See everybody. Have fun.